This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. And guess where Jeffy is today? Not here. Actually, I'll tell you where he is uh, here in just a second or two. Uh, it's Brad Staggs in for Jeffy, uh, upholding the high standards of the Jeff Fisher Radio program here on the Blaze Radio Network uh, for Saturday. Good grief, it's already uh, February 6th. Where does time go? It goes by so quickly. I was, um, I, I don't know about you, I'm, I'm sick of politics. I am, I have been, it just it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Um, the other day when, when uh, Trump uh, decided he was not going to take part in the, um, in the latest debate, Glenn walked in the back door and said, uh, here at the studio, he says, so uh, what do you think of, of Trump dropping out? I said, I, I don't know. He said, do you think it's going to hurt him? I said, no. I don't think it's going to hurt him at all. And, of course, it, you know, it, may, it may or may not have with his, with his loss in, in Iowa. But the thing that gets me the most, <clears throat> and, and with, with Glenn and Pat and Stu and Jeffy, Talking about Trump in the way that they have, um, the one thing I, I've tried to get across to them is that I think Donald Trump has the same – people like him for the same reasons that they like Glenn and the guys. Neither of them have filters, talking about Glenn and, and, and Trump. They both speak unfiltered. They speak what's on their mind. They say it unapologetic, and they go for it. And I think that's fascinating that as much as, as, much as Glenn and, and the guys cannot stand Donald Trump, I, I think there's some irony in the fact that they are both popular for some of the same reasons, not necessarily politically, but from an emotional standpoint, which is, I think, where everybody's coming from on the Trump front. Um, but that's as far as I really have... I've gotten into politics. I've I've successfully avoided watching any of the debates, <clears throat> albeit for the um, for the highlights of the debates. Uh, they're fascinating in, in in some sense, but to me, until it comes down to the to the you know final two or three, 
It's a giant waste of time. They all say the same thing. You know, give or take. Uh, none of them follow through on, in, on anything they're going to say or on anything that they're going to do. And after a while, it just becomes such a, a mishmash of, of quotes and of, of you know, mudslinging and everything else. It just it gets very, very old. Um, even Barbara Bush, who, if you remember, she did not want Jeb to, to get into the race. She said we've even even Barbara Bush was saying we've had enough of we've had enough Bushes in the office. Her quote, I thought was great. She says, I don't think of Trump much at all. And of course, I'm I'm behind Jeb. One hundred percent. My my whole theory on, on on Trump is that he didn't he doesn't really want the job. He just wants to win. So I'm not sure if he did win the nomination and or the uh, presidential race, if he'd really know a what to do with it or b if he would actually accept it, which is actually kind of good news for Cruz, who by the way is in the pocket of Goldman Sachs. If you listen to Ron Paul, <sighs> it's a good thing there's other stuff to watch on television. All right, uh, where is Jeffy, by the way? Um, And this is a first for The Blaze. The 2016 Super Bowl breakfast is going to air on The Blaze at noon Eastern, 11 Central, uh, tomorrow morning, uh, right here on The Blaze. It's before the Super Bowl uh, coverage begins, before the entire universe meets on the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Actually, it's in California. Uh, Glenn, Pat, Stu, and Jeffy, they're all attending the breakfast. Um, at the breakfast, the Bart Starr Award will be awarded to this year's player, voted on by other NFL players. <laughs> I don't know if I should tell you this or not. <laughs> Glenn said, who's Bart Starr? Oh, gosh. Uh, as having outstanding character, integrity, and leadership, you'll see a great lineup of uh, speakers, including Tony Dungy, Roger Staubach. Uh, it was Roger Staubach, you didn't know who it was. Uh, Mike Ditka and uh, recent addition Steve Young. We'd like to uh, thank the exclusive sponsor of the program, Retirement HQ. It's powered by Advisors Excel. Uh, this is a great company. It's one of the uh, largest financial planning organizations in the country. It's still located in Topeka, Kansas, right down the road from where I used to live, by uh, three buddies who work every day to honor their parents by doing business with uh, great honor and faith as well. So that's uh, starting tomorrow at 11 a.m. Central, right here on The Blaze, on the television side of The Blaze, uh, our big uh, 2016 Super Bowl breakfast. This is pretty cool. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting, uh, very interesting event, so I hope that you will be able uh, to watch that. Uh, what's big on The Blaze right now? And this, is, this really, um, this was <laughs> something I thought was uh, quite fascinating. Uh, the uh, Oscar bags, and what's in? Have you have you seen this? What's what's uh, all the uh, attendees at the um, Oscars are getting? You know, every year, if you, whether or not you win, you if you go to the Oscars, if you were nominated for an Oscar, you are given a, a giant goodie bag, and they've always been you know full of interesting, shall we say it, um, goodies, for for lack of a better word. Um, this year is no different. Um, and as a matter of fact, this year, the bags are worth, <clears throat> wait for it, $200,000. Who says you're not a winner if you just get nominated? Um, all right, so the uh, the bags this year, this is just absolutely amazing. 200000 
The bag is aimed to be a blend of fabulous, fun, and functional items meant to thrill and pamper those who may have everything money can buy but still savor the simple joy of a gift. Boy, there's a line for you. Uh, Included in the bag this year, a $55,000 trip to Israel. That'd be fun. A $54,000 trip to Japan. A one-year supply of Audi A4 rentals worth uh, $45,000. And a $6,300 donation of pet food to an animal shelter. That's pretty cool. That's that's a good one right there. Uh, The bag um, also was said to contain... um, Items of a, of a more risque nature, uh, such as a $250 wearable sex toy designed to provide Hollywood couples a more pleasurable sexual experience. It's a, a female vibrator described as a device that not only provided stimulating vibes, but also <laughs> gentle suction. And there you have it. Uh, another unusual item inside the Oscar bag this year. <laughs> <laughs> a vampire breast lift. I don't know if this is for vampires or if it's at, it's valued at $1900 according to the Vampire Breast Lift website. The procedure uses your own blood to rejuvenate the breasts. I'm assuming this is for the women and not for the men, although there are some men out there I guess who could use it. Uh, the result of this vampire breast lift is a um, younger appearing skin and increased volume of fatty tissue. That's uh, what it all promised. The uh, 88th uh, Annual Academy Awards will take place this year on February uh, February 28th. <laughs> That's just, wow. Who knew? that so much fun could be stuffed into a $200,000 bag. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, so one of the uh, highlights of, um, of the past, uh, well, I guess the past three weeks for me, um, has been the X-Files. And um, I don't know if, you, if, if you've been watching the X-Files or not, but uh, they've rebooted, essentially, they've rebooted the series. It started back in, what, 93? And... If you ask me, the X-Files has not missed a beat. I think they were absolutely brilliant in everything that they've done. Uh, right down to the fact that they brought back the original open. Even, even the original open with, with the, um, uh, the original pictures of the Duchovny and Gillian Anderson and, and uh, Mitch Pileggi, or Pileggi, or however you say his name. Skinner, Walter Skinner. Uh, I just thought that was genius because it tells you you're going to get exactly, you know, what you, what you were used to back in its heyday. And the really good news is that the um, the ratings for the the rebooted X Files have been stellar. I guess they've been just as just as good as the uh, as the show was during its heyday, which is pretty cool. And I think you actually will see the show come back. With more than just six episodes, uh, you know this is a, they, they're half done now. They've done the um, first three of the six episode special event, as they call it. I think this was just them dipping their toe in the water to see if people would watch, and in, in fact, people are watching. Uh, if you combine it not only with the um, 
day of air, but also the um, people who record it. You know, it, it, all, it all boils down to money, of course, as does everything. But I think you'll see that this this will return in some form. Duchovny has said he does not, of course, want who, to, to go back to a 20-episode 20, 20 season. That would be pretty grueling. I think that's part of the problem with, with episodic television is that they just beat you to death with it. Um, and especially as an actor, yeah, I know they make a lot of money. But still, to do 20, 21 episodes a season... That's not only hard work, but if you think about just the writers having to come up with um, the different plot lines, I mean, eventually you just start pulling things out of your rear end because you've got to come up with 21 episodes, whereas things on, on cable, um, uh, The Red Road, perfect example. I mean, they only do, what, eight, ten episodes a season, and therefore the stories are just, I mean, they are right on it. Um, and I think that's that's going to be the key with the X Files. So far, they've captured not only the the overarching theme of the show, which was UFOs and the government conspiracy, and they've updated it brilliantly. Joel McHale in the first episode was just he was great. The connection to Glenn I thought was fascinating. And if you haven't seen this yet, if you watch the first episode, it was called My Struggle. The uh, Tad O'Malley show was um, the character played by um, Joel McHale. And if you, uh, I think it was called The Truth Squad was the name of his show in The X-Files. And if you look at his logo and then you compare it with uh, Glenn's older logo, I think you will see the comparison. And I think you will see the, um, I think you'll see the tie-in. I think he was based quite a bit, quite a bit on Glenn. Um, there were some Easter eggs in um, the latest episode of the X Files, the Where Monster episode, and this I have to tell you was Darren Morgan, who uh, wrote and directed this episode, which was on last Monday. I love Darren Morgan. He is, I think he he's responsible for some of the best X Files episodes uh, of the original series, and he wrote and directed this one. And some of the things that they snuck in, well, they didn't even really sneak them into the episode. Um, but the, the the things that they put into the episode that were from the original series, for example, the uh, the two paint-huffing stoners at the very beginning of the, the teaser scene, um, they had appeared in two of the uh, previous uh, X-Files uh, episodes from season three, the War of the Prophecies. I never can say, but it's the one about the cockroaches with Bambi. She was in it. And Quagmire. And <laughs> do you ever think life is so amazing, one of them asked, that maybe we shouldn't waste it by getting high all the time? They haven't changed at all. Um, Mulder and Pencils, they uh, brought that back. Uh, he's throwing them at the ceiling, but uh, this time he's throwing them at the uh, poster on the wall that says, I want to believe. Um I thought this one was clever, too. They worked in how he dies, uh, or how Mulder dies. But if you think back to the episode of Clyde, Buck, uh, Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose, um, he said that the, uh, the agent's life would end as a result of autoerotic asphyxiation. And that's, uh, well, it's kind of what they alluded to in this episode. And then Scully 
if you, again, if you really followed it closely enough, Scully, uh, because of the alien DNA, she's theoretically immortal, which she, of course, says in this episode. I, all I'm saying is you've, you've really got to, oh, and there's a couple more. I'll, I'll get to those in, in just a minute. But if you were waiting to watch The X-Files, don't wait any longer. Go to Hulu or, a, or, or the Fox website and watch these. I mean, they have done a first-rate job of uh, really bringing back the essence of the show. Uh, a couple more of them I will bring to you here in just a second. Uh, it's uh, about 20 past the hour. This is the Jeff Fisher Radio Program. I am Brad Staggs filling in for Jeffy this morning on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to the Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break, and at the worst possible time. Call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. The Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Yeah, and Jeffy's not here this week. He is out in uh, San Francisco. Um, I'll tell you more about that uh, and the 2016 Super Bowl breakfast coming up. We've been talking about the X-Files. I'm Brad Staggs, a huge X-Files fan, filling Jeffy's shoes today uh, and his chair, which doesn't seem to work very well. Got to get him a new one. Uh, so the X-Files, uh, you know, it's, it's midway through their, uh, their six-episode quote-unquote event which I think is going to turn into uh, the series returning, if you're as excited about it as I am. And I am, true X-Files, diehard fan. Uh, we were talking about the Easter eggs that, they've, uh, that they spread through the episode, um, Easter eggs being those little things that um, kind of inside jokes that the writers put into, into the scripts. Uh, he's uh, in, the, in this latest episode, uh, The Were Monster. Uh, at one point, uh, the motel owner's peeping into his. And if I, if you haven't seen the episode yet, by the way, I'm not going to spoil anything for you. But these are things you will see. Uh, Mulder in his red speedo that takes us all the way back to the uh, Dwayne Berry episode from uh, was it season two? <laughs> you know, I'm starting to sound like a Star Trek geek. Remember when they uh, beamed down to the planet in the fourth episode of the second season, and they had the monster, and they look, it's okay. The episodes or the uh, the X Files truly worth it. Um, the graveyard scene when they, the 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 Mulder and 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 Guy Man walk up, they they stand by two headstones. Um, one of them is Kim Manners on the headstone. Kim Manners was a an absolutely fabulous director. Uh, I think he died back in in two thousand nine. 
He directed more X-Files episodes than, than any other, 52 in total. Um, and I, one of his favorite phrases was, let's kick it in the ass. So that was on the, um, that was the epitaph on the, uh, the headstone there in this, um, in this episode. But right next to him, there was another uh, name I wasn't even familiar with, uh, Jack Hardy. Uh, was the other name on the tombstone, and that apparently was a um, an assistant director for Chris Carter uh, on both Millennium and The Lone Gunman uh, and the second X-Files movie, which should be burned and buried, uh, called I Want to Believe, um, and also on the, um, I guess, on one of the Blu-rays. Uh, but everybody loved Jack Hardy, apparently. He was a really, really nice guy, really good member of the crew. And then finally, Dagoo. The dog that um, that the, the well the were monster actually was a lizard who turns into a guy as opposed to a guy who turns into a lizard. But Dagoo uh, was this little dog that he gets and um, picks him up from the pound. And this goes all the way back to all of the um, Moby Dick references that Darren Morgan, again, the writer of this episode, I think is absolutely brilliant. Um, Dagoo was one of the uh, harpooners on um, Captain Ahab's ship. But lots of incredible Easter eggs. And if you're an X-Files fan, don't wait any longer. Watch this episode. It's available online. And keep our fingers crossed. The X-Files will come back as a series. More coming up in just a second. This is the Jeff Fisher Radio Show. Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. And it's Brad Staggs in for Jeffy this morning. He's out in um, San Francisco for the uh, 2016 Super Bowl breakfast that will air uh, tomorrow at noon Eastern, 11 Central, on The Blaze. And uh, by the way, if you missed it, another programming note, the Thursday night um, episode on The Blaze of the Nazarene Fund update, it is uh, now available for download on iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon. It'll also be the the must-see update on the the Christian uh, refugees will also be available at theblazenow.com. It's the episode um, called uh, Home is Where Jesus Is. And hopefully we will have, how do I say this? Hopefully we will have the next chapter in that story very, very soon. Um, Let me just say that um, plans are underway to get things rolling. Uh, That's about all I can say, all I've been authorized to say. So uh, if you have given to the Nazarene Fund, thank you. Your money is um, is is being treated with respect and spent uh, on a very worthwhile cause, as you know, and you will see more updates very, very soon. Um, a lot of strange stuff in the news, um, especially well, these stories are, are on the blaze right now. Um, this is a very weird one. This actor um, was declared clinically dead after an onstage hanging scene went uh, horribly wrong. That's that. That's the headline. Um, I used a little background. I used to uh, build um, magic props, stage props for magicians, 
And uh, one of those um, that I built for a, um, a show in Nashville at Opryland was a gallows. Um, helped design this thing and uh, helped build it. And basically, the actor goes up. They, you know, put the robe over him, the the uh, hood over the neck, and put the noose around the neck, and then the floor drops out. And in this case, the one that I built, the actor disappears and appears somewhere else. In Italy, though, this is a really weird story. Italian actor Raphael Schumacher was pronounced clinically dead following a staged hanging scene that went tragically awry last week. A spokesperson at uh, uh, Cisanello Hospital in Pisa said Friday. Uh, 27-year-old Schumacher had been in a coma last Saturday night following his performance in an experimental theater production in Pisa's uh, Teatro Lux Courtyard in Italy, according to the BBC. The production involved actors and actresses performing in different parts of the theater with spectators moving around to view the different scenes. So it's kind of one of those immersion plays. Uh, the script originally called for Schumacher's character to die from a gunshot wound, but he changed it, uh, allegedly uh, changed the script last minute to include a hanging instead. Um, the re- uh, the uh, trouble reportedly began when one member of the audience noticed that the rope around Schumacher's neck was far too tight, according to CNN. Although his head was covered at the time, the woman, who was allegedly also a medical student, rushed over to loosen the noose and lower him to the ground after she saw the actor trembling. Uh, Schumacher was rushed to the hop, uh, hospital immediately afterward. Um, after being in a coma for several days, Schumacher's condition continued to worsen as doctors predicted that he had suffered severe and irreversible brain damage. According to the BBC, Schumacher did not respond to his treatments, and following an intensive six-hour procedure, the doctors declared him to be brain dead at the hospital. They issued a statement, the family and prosecutor's office have been authorized that his organs be donated but their removal will be uh, subject to a medical assessment to be performed in the course of the night. The theater where the stunt malfunction occurred is currently undergoing an investigation into whether or not it included appropriate safety precautions and procedures. Four people allegedly are under investigation for possible manslaughter in Schumacher's death. We are shocked, said uh, Gabrielle DeLuca, the art director at Teatro Lux. According to the Daily Mail, no one, not even us, understands how this happened and it will be up to the police to uh, shed light on it. That is a very strange story. But even that pales in comparison to uh, this one. Very popular right now on The Blaze. Um, Number two story, as a matter of fact. Her husband pays to have her killed. But boy, is he fooled when, when, when the visitation is held. And you'll understand why I'm laughing about this um i'll just i'm going to read to you as it is written on the blaze because there's just no other way to put this uh she just sat in a car and waited noella racundo was biding her time watching as mourners trickled from the house that she had shared with her husband in melbourne australia you see racundo was supposed to be dead at least that's what her husband belenga kalala assumed he he had no reason to suspect otherwise, having hired hitmen to kill his wife during her trip to Africa and believing the job was complete. Kalala told members of the African community in Melbourne that Rakundo died in an accident, and on that day, bereaved folk, many of whom gave money to the shattered spouse, were paying their respects. But very much alive, Rakundo waited until the last of the mourners left and then lowered the boom. 
When I got out of the car, he saw me straight away, she told BBC. He put his hands on his head and said, Is it my eyes? Is it a ghost? He was scared. He didn't believe it, she added. Then he starts walking toward me, slowly, like he was walking on broken glass. Then he touched his wife on her shoulder and jumped. He touched her again, and again he jumped. Rakunda told the Australian Broadcasting Corporation that her husband asked, Are you still alive? Which at that point, that was a stupid question. She told the uh, American Broadcasting Corporation, ABC, I just, uh, I just looked at him and said, Surprise! <laughs> Hello! I'm still alive. Imagine his shock. Kalala started screaming that he was sorry for everything, she told the BBC. But as you can probably imagine, it was a bit too late. His life as he knew it was over, but Rakundo's, which had almost ended just days before, was about to begin anew. I felt like somebody who had risen again, she told the BBC. See, less than a week before her confrontation with her husband last February... Rakundo had flown to her native Republic of Burundi in Africa to attend her beloved stepmother's funeral. I had lost the last person who I call mother, she told the BBC. It was very painful. I was very stressed. And then one evening while she was uh, resting in her hotel room, her husband called her. He said that he'd been trying to reach her the entire day. He said uh, that she told him that I was going to bed. He told me, well, well, to bed, why are you going... Why are you sleeping so early? Uh, She said, I'm not feeling too happy. He says, well, how's the weather? Is it very, very hot? And apparently he tells her, you know, go go outside. Go go outside, get some fresh air. So she gets up, she goes outside, and it was about that time she is confronted by uh, another man pointing a gun at her. He just told me, don't scream. If you start screaming, I will shoot you. You're going to catch me, but you, you will already be dead. She stayed quiet. She was told to uh, walk to a waiting car, and uh, when she got in, she was sitting between two armed men. One had a small gun, one had a long gun, she told the BBC, and the men said to the driver, pass us a scarf. They covered her face. Uh, Drove her for about 40 minutes on the road. She said the car stopped. She was pushed into a building and tied to a chair. And they asked me, what did you do to this man? Why has this man asked us to kill you? And and I told them, which man? Because I I didn't have any problem with anybody. She said, your husband. I said, my husband, he he can't kill me. You're lying. And then they slapped me. She said, one of the perps called the boss, issued Rocundo some harsh words. You are very stupid. You are a fool. Let me uh, call who has paid us to kill you. So they called this guy on the phone. They put the phone on speaker. And Rokundo heard her voice and uh, her husband's voice say, kill her. Unbelievable. She says, I heard his voice. I heard him. It felt like my head was going to blow up. Then they described for him what they were, where they were going to, um, to stash the body after they, uh, after they had killed her. Um, she says that at that point, that's when she passed out. When she came to, she said she figured she was already dead, but the man that uh, she identified as the boss instead gave her the best news she'd heard all day. We're not going to kill you, she recalled him saying. We we don't kill women or children. The hitman held Rakundo for two days while they demanded more money from Kalala to finish her off, and then they set her free. This would be the double-double crime. The old double-double cross. Uh, Rakundo recounted to the BBC their words to her, 
We give you 80 hours to leave the country. Your husband is serious. Maybe we can spare your life, but other people, they're not going to do the same thing. If God helps you, you'll get to Australia. Then they let her off on the roadside and with a parting gift, a memory card with recorded phone conversations between them and Kalala about their uh, their hit along with Western Union money transfer receipts. Wow. We just want you to go back to tell other stupid women like you what happened, she recalled to the BBC, the hitmen telling her, you must learn something. You people get a chance to go overseas for a better life, but the money you're earning, the money the government gives you, you use it for killing each other. Wow. You never saw that one coming, did you? The return, uh, she said that soon she was on the phone with her Melbourne pastor, and he asked for, she asked for his help. Uh, it was in the middle of the night, she told the BBC, adding that uh, she told her pastor to not tell anyone she was still alive. He said, Noella, I, I don't believe it. Belenga can't kill someone. And, and I said, Pastor, please believe me. While her husband and many others figured Rakundo was dead, she showed up February 22nd last year at her Melbourne house after mourners had given, uh, after they had left and given uh, Kalala the shock of his life. At that point, she called police who ordered Kalala off their property and got a court order against him. Then even more good news, Rakundo called Kalala and their conversation was captured on tape during which he confessed to ordering her murder. So why did he do it? That's the question everyone asks, right? He says he wanted to kill me because he was jealous adding that uh, he figured she wanted to leave him for another man, which she said wasn't true. My, my, my. Despite acknowledging that she knew Kalala was violent, she told the BBC that she loved him. I gave him a beautiful, handsome two boys and one girl, so I don't know why he chose to kill me. At his trial in December, Kalala said, sometimes the devil can come into someone to do something, but after they do it, they start thinking, why did I do that thing? Really? The devil made me do it. That's his defense. After pleading guilty to incitement to murder, Kalala was sentenced to nine years in prison. Nine years. <laughs> That's where it always gets me. Nine years in prison for, you know, for, for trying to kill somebody. I have a, a friend, this total aside, I have a friend who is, who is in prison right now. I've known this guy since fifth grade. Good guy. He's in prison for 18 years for uh, uh, was it ta- uh, bankruptcy fraud. 18 years for bankruptcy fraud. This guy gets nine years for attempted murder. There's just uh, the, the I don't know. Where's the scale? Uh, he, he's, he's eligible for parole after six years. Here's the thing. The woman says his voice always comes in the night. Kill her. Kill her, uh, Rakunda told the BBC, of her regular nightmares. Every night, I see what was happening in those two days with the kidnappers. Every night. She, she will never get over this, obviously. But still, she won't judge her husband. He's a human being. From my heart, I forgive him, she told ABC. Let God judge him. Man. She's a, a, a better man than I am in that sense. And believe it or not, Rakundo said that many in her own African community in Melbourne are angry that she went to police over her husband's misdeeds. She's received threatening messages. Her house was even vandalized. I come and the back door is broken open. The front doors are broken. I don't know exactly who's behind it or what they want from me. 
She's not just tasked with taking care of the three children she had with Kalala, but also five other children she had from a previous relationship. I will stand up like a strong woman, she told the BBC. My situation, my past life, that is gone. I'm starting a new life now. You can read uh, the entire story on The Blaze. Unbelievable what people will do to each other, isn't it? (sighs) Happy Saturday. (laughs) It's Brad Stagson for Jeffy this morning. More coming up next on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. is the Jeff Fisher Show. And I'm Brad Stegg, sitting in for Jeffy this morning. He's out in San Francisco for the uh, 2016 Super Bowl breakfast. It will be uh, on the air tomorrow at uh, noon Eastern, 11 Central, uh, just before Super Bowl coverage begins. It's all uh, brought to you by um, uh, Retirement HQ, powered by Advisors Excel. It's a great company, one of the largest financial planning organizations in the country, located in Topeka, Kansas. Um, I wanted to get into these uh, strange manias um, and obsessions that uh, you may or may not know people who are uh, obsessed with these things. We'll get into a couple of them here uh, before the uh, top of the hour. Doromania. This is the obsession for giving gifts. Um, The problem is if you know people uh, who are obsessed with Doromania, they may not have the money. Uh, or the wherewithal to be giving these gifts. But that's Doromania. Uh, and all of these sound like they should be said with the Romanian accents. Abutum, uh, abulomania, pathological indecisiveness. We've all experienced situations where it's difficult to make up our minds, but imagine not being able to make up your mind over the simplest things. Abulomania. Ablutomania. The mania for washing oneself. Whether or not they've touched the toilet or a book on a shelf. They have to watch themselves. Turicotelomania. The craving to pull out one's own hair. There's more. We'll get into those after the top of the hour right here on the Jeff Fisher Radio Program. Brad Stags in on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, it's Brad Stags in for Jeffy this morning. He's out in San Francisco with the uh, the guys. They are going to be doing a breakfast, uh, the Super Bowl breakfast um, for this year's Super Bowl. It will be on the Blaze tomorrow at noon Eastern, eleven Central. Uh, a lot of you talking this morning about um, uh, on the Blaze uh, the, the the story about the uh, the guy who uh, had tried to have his uh, wife killed, and it, and it didn't go so well. She showed up, as a matter of fact. Uh, it's it's a great story. Uh, read it on the blaze. 
another big one uh, going on right now, the uh, the $200,000 gift bag that all of the um, Oscar contenders receive. Whether they win the Oscar or not, they get this bag, $200,000 worth of stuff. And another big story on the Blaze is more of the Super Bowl ads. Uh, and the fact that more than 140 million people, or I guess 140 million times, the um, the ads have already been watched, uh, which uh, this is kind of strange. What do they say? It's, it's 200 years worth of viewing already by people across the, uh, the world. The, 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 first of all, people are, um, or companies are paying four and a half million dollars for a 30 second ad. And I didn't realize this um, until just now. I was, I was reading about the uh, last year. Remember the, uh, the nationwide insurance ad with the, the, they called it the dead kid ad, the little boy who uh, talked about all of the things that he would not be able to, to experience in life because he'd been hit and killed by a drunk driver. Womp womp. Uh, that one did not go over so well. I did not realize this, but the uh, but Nationwide's uh, chief marketing officer <laughs> left his job soon after that. So there are some inherent risks in um, being on the cutting edge, as it were, of, of uh, Super Bowl ads. But here's the thing that I'm curious about, and you can see the top 10 ads that um, are being watched already online. Uh, on the Blaze uh, story, uh, there's one with um, Pepsi. Uh, there's one with um, Pokemon. Uh, Hyundai has one. Does that mean that? I mean, the four and a half million dollars. It used to be it was an event. You you would you would you know you'd watch the Super Bowl at a party, and you you wait to see these commercials. Now there's nothing special about them being on the Super Bowl. Because you can already see them all online. Now, does that mean that it's still worth the $4.5 million that these companies are paying? Because, in fact, they are getting the added benefit of this added exposure prior to the Super Bowl? Or does it mean that the those spots are less effective because they're, they're already out there? There's no incentive to wait for the event, as it were. I, it's kind of the chicken and the egg thing. I just find it strange that, um, and and you know we talk about this all the time how how media is changing, how television and obviously radio are changing all the time. Radio is not what it used to be. Um, I mean, the, the Blaze Radio Network is an obvious um, uh, and an obvious example of that. It's we don't view and we don't listen, we don't consume the same way we did even a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago. Good um, grief! Go back 15 years. Think about how much has changed 15 years ago, and that was what um, 2001. Is that right? Good grief! That was 15 years ago. Was 2001? That just does not seem possible. But uh, if you want to see these, if you want to see these commercials, they are on the um, they're on the blaze right now, and you can you can watch them all. And it just makes me wonder: is that in fact? making the $4.5 million price tag less or more affordable than it was before or more or less effective 
than it was before. Uh, before the top of the hour, we were talking about uh, different manias that people are affected with. Um, we left off with uh, trichotillomania. Trichotillomania. Everything should be said with a Romanian accent because it sounds that uh, it should be that way. Number six, inosiomania. That's uh, constantly believing that one has sinned. Haven't, haven't we all done that? I mean, I guess it does become a bit of an obsession uh, when some of the symptoms include shortness of breath, rapid breathing, irregular heartbeats, sweating, nausea, and overall feelings of dread, which can actually happen if you watch certain TV shows. Demonomania, uh, believing uh, that you're inhabited by an evil spirit. Um, let's just leave that one right where it is. Uh, glenomania. Glenomania. The excessive desire to stay in bed. I had that just yesterday. <laughs> in fact, I stayed in bed hours and hours. Nothing wrong wanting to uh, have a long, uh, particularly on a, a cold, wintry day, to stay in bed. But for clinomaniacs, the desire to stay in bed is overwhelming and irresistible, could persist for days on end, particularly when it is raining or snowing. See, I don't think that's weird. I think that's just normal. I mean, who hasn't when it... Uh, when it's when it's cold and rainy outside and it's it's gray, who doesn't want to just lay there and, and pull the covers back up over your head and just sleep? Onomatomania. Uh, that is the irresistible desire to repeat certain words. Um, that's a weird one. Uh, this this is one of my favorites. Gamomania. Gamomania. The obsession with issuing marriage proposals. Let me just tell you, I don't have that one. I've been married twice and never asked anyone to marry me. When you and I are in the same room together, I'll explain it. Quite a fascinating story. Gamomania can be described as a bizarre obsession with asking people to marry or issuing outrageous proposals to different people at the same time, which in many cases results in polygamy. Go figure. <clears throat> and the uh, the number one strange mania is carta coitus. Carta coitus. The uncontrollable compulsion to see maps everywhere. I may have a little bit of that. Oh, it's like seeing shapes. The human brain is wired to recognize faces everywhere, but it turns out there's also a strange mania called carta coitus. The uncontrollable compulsion to see maps everywhere, even in food I wonder if that even, remember with the, uh, what was it, the uh, cinnamon bun with uh, Mother Teresa? I don't guess that'd be the same. I guess that'd be some other mania of wanting to see faces. But that's where, again, we're wired to see faces. But if you see maps everywhere, don't worry. It is just something that happens to people everywhere. Very strange manias, indeed. Um Oh, you know what I want to do? I want to do uh, this. Uh, this was a big day in history. Um, and this was fascinating to me. Uh, this February 6th, 2016, obviously. Um, back in 1911, the self-proclaimed Errol Flynn of B-movies, uh, B Ronald Reagan. He was born on this day in Tampico, Illinois. Um, this is one I'd forgotten, too. 1993, Arthur Ashe. Big tennis star. Arthur Ashe died of AIDS. I'd forgotten that. Good grief. That is, uh, what, 23 years ago. 
Wow. Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? Um, and on this day in 1998, um, a bus in the Dominican Republic struck a rental car, killed its occupant. The driver, uh, driver of the rental car was Johan Holzel. Uh, as a child, Johan had been given a baby grand piano. He could keep the beat to songs on the radio when he was just a toddler. For his fifth birthday, he was given a record player. His favorite songs were by Elvis Presley, The Beatles, Cliff Richard. That same year, he auditioned for the Vienna Music Academy. It was confirmed that he, in fact, had perfect pitch. Uh, after he attended a, num- a number of private and trade schools, Johann left school altogether due to absenteeism. The boy just did not like school. His mother insisted that he began an apprenticeship uh, with the Austrian Employee Pension Insurance Institute. Wow, that lasted only a short while. No one was surprised. When he turned 17, Johann volunteered for military service in the Austrian Army. That lasted only eight months. Then in 1977, he entered the Vienna Music Conservatory, but decided to leave after only a single semester. He wanted to become a real musician, so he soon joined a jazz rock band in Berlin. He began touring the club scene. Soon after, he returned to Vienna and adopted the name of an East German ski jumper. Spinning Wheel and Hallucination Company were two of the bands that he began playing with under his new name. And by 1978, he was playing bass with a punk rock band named Dwadde Wahlberg. That was a... Um, uh, German name. It was one of their concerts that he was discovered by an Austrian producer who offered him his first record contract. His first album under his new name was called Eisenhoft. And uh, after his um, his first hits uh, record brought rap to the, this is fascinating too, it brought rap to the top of the charts around the world. This guy, yeah, I bet you didn't know about this guy. The song was called Der Kommissar. In 1986, his biggest hit was released and went to number one in the United States. Yep. Most of us will recall Rock Me Amadeus as it stayed planted in the number one spot for three weeks in this country. Johan Holzel, or Falco as he called himself, was only 40 years old when he died on this day in 1998. He's been dead for. 18 years. That always just blows me away how fast time goes by. And what a talent. Struck by a, a bus while on vacation in the Dominican Republic. I've driven in the Dominican Republic. Believe me, it is not a fun place to drive. Um, all right, about uh, 17 past the hour. Don't forget, tomorrow uh, on the, the Blaze, the 2016 Super Bowl breakfast will be airing at noon, Eastern, 11 Central. Uh, that's where Jeffy is this morning. That's where uh, Glenn, Pat, and Stu all are. Uh, it's just before uh, Super Bowl coverage begins, and our uh, exclusive sponsor this year, Retirement HQ. This is a big deal for the Blaze, and uh, it's a, uh, no one has really done this up like, like the Blaze is going to do. A prayer breakfast from the Super Bowl. Think about that. Powered by Advisors Excel. That's a great company. One of the largest financial planning organizations in the country. Still located in Topeka, Kansas. Operated by three buddies who work every day to honor their parents by doing business with great honor and faith. It's coming up tomorrow morning. uh, Tomorrow, actually, at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on The Blaze. 
We'll be back with more of the Jeff Fisher Radio Program. Brad Staggs filling in right here on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show. And Brad Staggs in for Jeffy this morning here on the Blaze Radio Network. Um, we debuted the uh, the White House, um, the Oval Office set on, um, on Glenn's radio program this week. Uh, and let me just tell you that it's been in tremendous reception. A lot of people have been tweeting and, and asking about it and asking what it looks like in, in person. And... Jeff Noble is um, a local guy here who owns a, a, a set company. The kind of the background on the uh, on the Oval Office uh, that you see on the Blaze, uh, the, the the side that you see with with Glenn behind it with the with the windows was actually constructed. That half of the Oval was constructed for the movie JFK uh, that was uh, shot here at the um, what were then the studios at Las Colinas, now Mercury Studios here in uh, in Irving, Texas. And it is a, an exact duplicate of uh, of the Oval Office. Um, it was used for um, Dinesh D'Souza's upcoming movie, um, and I don't have the title of that uh, right in front of me, but it has to do with with Hillary. Um, they actually um, borrowed the set from us. Um, they they set it up about uh, I don't know five six miles from the studio in another warehouse, and they completed it. They completed not only the the other half of the Oval Office, but also a hallway outside the Oval, um, and it is an exact duplicate. It is it's remarkable uh, what Jeff and his crew were able to do. Um, Glenn then came in and kind of gave it his own his own personal touch with the decoration. You will not find a lot of those um, added artifacts uh, in the uh, real White House, but I thought it would be kind of fun to uh, do some. Uh, research into the history of the actual uh, of the White House. It's got quite a storied history, by the way. Um, uh, George Washington was the, the person who selected the uh, site for the White House back in 1791. The cornerstone was laid in 1792. And they had, they had a competition design, uh, and, and the winner uh, was an Irish-born architect by the name of James Hoban. Uh, it took eight years to construct. President John Adams and his wife Abigail moved into the White House. Uh, it was actually unfinished at that point in 1800 and wasn't called the White House uh, either. Uh, the, uh, during the War of 1812, the British actually set fire to the president's house in 1814. Um, he, uh, James Hoban, the uh, original designer, was appointed to rebuild the house. And then President Monroe moved into the building in 1817. Uh, during Monroe's administration, the South Portico was constructed in 1824. Andrew Jackson oversaw the addition of the North Portico in 1829. And then during the um, uh, late 19th century, various proposals were made to uh, significantly expand the president's house or to build an entirely new house for the president, but those uh, plans were never realized. 1902, um, President Theodore Roosevelt began a major renovation of the White House. And there are pictures of this online, actually from a British uh, website. I think it, it might be the Daily Mail. Um, but the pictures of this renovation are unbelievable. Um, 
it's it's the entire White House gutted. There's more actually. It's a, it's a I believe a six level um, six level building, but four of the levels are are, are underground. Um, they relocated the president's offices from the second floor of the residence to the uh, uh, newly constructed um, executive office building. Uh, Roosevelt, uh, his uh, renovation was uh, planned and carried out by the famous New York architectural firm McKinn, Mead, and White. Uh, Roosevelt's successor, uh, uh, Taft, I dated his great-great-granddaughter back in high school, just a slight aside, had the Oval Office constructed within an enlarged office wing. This is some the, the, some of the the trivia involving the, the the White House. There are 132 rooms in the White House, 35 bathrooms, six levels in the residence. There are also 412 doors, 147 windows, 28 fireplaces, eight staircases, and three elevators. Uh, at various times in history, the White House has been known as the President's Palace, the President's House, the Executive Mansion. It was Theodore Roosevelt who officially gave the White House its current name in 1901. Um, presidential firsts while in office, President James uh, Polk uh, was the first president to have his photograph taken. Uh, president Theodore Roosevelt was not only the first president to ride in an automobile, but also the first president to travel outside the country when he visited Panama. Uh, president Franklin Roosevelt was the first president to ride in an airplane the White House kitchen is able to serve dinner to as many as 140 guests and hors d'oeuvres to more than 1,000 people. The White House requires, if they are going to paint the outside surface, 500 gallons of paint to cover the outside uh, surface of the White House. Just a little bit of, um, a little bit of trivia for the White House, uh, uh, for the White House trivia as we uh, debuted the Oval Office set uh, this week. Uh, <laughs> And uh, turning to Twitter, uh, Donna, uh, I, I love this, Donna, you're right. Um, first of all, she calls Jeffy uh, a slacker. And can you believe it? We all fell for Stu's plan to expense the Super Bowl. Boy, is that the truth. As he was walking out the other day, he says, you know, I'm going, I'm not very happy about having to work on the Super Bowl, but I'll take it. Well, there you go. Enjoy San Francisco. We will return with more of the Jeff Fisher Radio Show right after this on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show, the Blaze Radio Network. Show. And I'm Brad Stagg, sitting in for Jeffy this morning. Um, programming note for you, if you missed uh, Thursday Night on the Blaze, we have the Nazarene Fund update available for download now on iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon. It's must-see update on the uh, Christian refugees. Uh, it will also be available at theblazenow.com, theblazenow.com. The episode you must see is entitled, Home is Where Jesus Is. And this was our... Um, as we uh, tracked through the uh, through the Middle East, um, the stories of um, of these Christian refugees, we got to talk with them, um, got to witness their relocation from uh, Iraq to uh, Slovakia, 
truly an amazing, an amazing journey, an amazing story. And, and thanks to you uh, for, for donating to the Nazarene Fund. Um, obviously, we could not have done it without you. And um, we will have updates on the latest, um, the latest, I guess we'll say episode. I'm, I'm, I'm having to choose my words carefully because I can only say so much about what's coming up. But let me just put it this way. You will be pleasantly, um, you'll be very happy with what, uh, what is being done with your, with your donations. That, that, that is how I will phrase it. Uh, the work continues. We have not stopped things behind the scenes. And um, the, the, the Lord's work is being done. I mean, let me leave it at that. And, um, and please, if you have not seen this episode, please take a look at it. Uh, other tidbits and morsels from the blaze. Uh, Twitter has suspended more than 125,000 accounts linked to terrorism. Think about that. 125,000. They stepped up their fight against the Islamic State and uh, violent extremism uh, yesterday when they... Uh, put terrorism-linked accounts in its crosshair, suspending more than 125,000 accounts. According to Twitter's policy account, uh, the the, uh, effort began in September of last year. It's the first time the social network has revealed the scope of terrorism-related activity on its site, though. Uh, According to a a report last year from the Brookings Institute, there were at least 46,000 Twitter accounts used by Islamic State supporters and members But Twitter's new figures reveal that the terror group has either grown exponentially in its presence on the platform or Twitter has become more effective in identifying terror-linked accounts. Uh, The report from Twitter also said the company has increased the size of the teams responsible for reviewing reports of terror activity on the social network. Uh, In addition, they have uh, sought to cut down on the time it takes to respond to those reports. I'm telling you, ISIS, they are, they are not stupid. Um, it, it's, it's, almost, it's, it's frightening how, how smart um, this enemy really is. We've already seen results, they say, including an increase in account suspensions and this type of activity shifting uh, off of Twitter. Sure it has. Uh, we'll see what happens, and we'll keep you posted as, uh, as that continues. Um, we lost... Um, we lost Apollo astronaut Edgar Mitchell. He died at um, the age of 85, one day before the 45th anniversary of his lunar landing. Um, this from the um, Associated Press. Uh, Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell became a sixth man on the moon when he and Alan Shepard helped NASA recover from Apollo 13's uh, successful failure. Uh, quote-unquote, later devoted his life to exploring the mind, physics, and unexplained phenomena such as uh, phys- uh, psychics and aliens. 85 years old when he died in Florida, died Thursday night at a West Palm Beach um, hospice after a short illness, his daughter Kimberly Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell's passing coincides with the 45th anniversary of the Apollo 14 mission from January uh, uh, 31st through February 9th in 1971. He was one of only 12 humans to set foot on the moon. Wasn't your typical straight-laced astronaut either. Um, in later years, he said aliens had visited the Earth and faith healers were legitimate. He attempted to communicate telepathically with friends at home during his Apollo mission. If you think about this, 
I'm assuming that they had psychological profiling back then. Maybe they weren't that sophisticated in, in, in the early 70s, late 60s. I would, have, I would have thought that they would have had psychological profiling prior to putting you know, two or three guys into a, a, you know, a, something the size of a Volkswagen and, and sending them that far from, from the planet just because they would want to know how these, these guys would react. But the fact that he you know, was trying to communicate telepathically, and maybe this was sanctioned by NASA, I don't know. Um, it just seems out of character for for that agency to allow something like this um, to happen. Um, he says, what I experienced during the three-day trip home was, was nothing short of an overwhelming sense of universal connectedness. He wrote this in his 1996 autobiography. It occurred to me that the molecules of my body and the molecules of the spacecraft itself were manufactured long ago in the furnace of one of the ancient stars that burned in the heavens about me. In an emailed statement, NASA Administrator Charles Bolden called Mitchell one of the pioneers in space exploration on whose shoulders we now stand. His passion for exploration led him to become an astronaut. He joined NASA in 1966. He helped design and test the lunar modules that first reached the moon in 1969 with Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. Um, Shepard was the first American in, in space in 1961, picked Mitchell to be on Apollo 13's three-person crew, uh, but they were bumped to the next mission uh, so that Shepard would, uh, would have more tri- time to train him. Um, um, you, you may probably remember Apollo 13's astronauts. They were nearly killed when an oxygen tank exploded They were um, as they neared the moon in 1970. But um, Edgar Mitchell, quite a guy. And, you know, on the UFO front, <clears throat> I used to... Um, Used to live in Lancaster, California, which is um, a stone's throw from Palmdale, California, which is where they built the um, the space shuttle and a lot of the uh, the top secret aircraft that were flown out of Edwards Air Force Base to this day. Uh, actually, you could look out the back door of my mom and dad's house and see um, things like Lockheed and Rockwell, and Northrop Grumman, all of those. I, I watched um, one of the first space shuttle landings uh, occur there at Edwards Air Force Base. And my friend's dad uh, used to work for Northrop, or no, I guess it was Lockheed uh, he worked for. And um, so a lot of the test pilots from, from that era would, would come over to their house and um, they had a pool and, you know, they just hang out by the pool, just a bunch of guys. And back in the early nineties, I did a, um, a series on UFOs for the, what was then the Nashville network. And um, quite an experience of uh, some of the interviews, some of the things I saw were fascinating. And I've always been fascinated by the, the possibility of, of life on other planets and life and life uh, elsewhere in the galaxy, elsewhere in the universe. So uh, one of these get togethers, I asked one of the um, one of the test pilots from Edwards <clears throat> what he you know, if he thought uh, UFOs were real um, his response to me was, if I told you what I know about UFOs, we'd both be dead. I'd never forgotten that. And that was back, it was 25 years ago. I remember where I was standing when, when we were talking. There's got to be something out there. And I, that apparently is the, is the same way uh, Edgar Mitchell thought. 
Um, and I think that again goes back to my fascination with, with the X-Files. And I think a lot of us want to believe as Fox Mulder does. I can't remember the exact percentage of people now who, who believe in extraterrestrial life, but, um, I know there's a there's a huge segment of the population who believes that you know UFOs are real and that that, that there's life in the universe other other than here on planet Earth. So a um, a big loss there in the um, in the NASA community and in the space community. Edgar Mitchell, 85 years old when he died on uh, on Thursday. Uh, turning to less weighty topics, this is uh, again on the blaze. If you didn't hear it earlier, uh, this is. Pretty fascinating. The Oscars, uh, of course, coming up. And uh, what's inside the Oscar goodie bags? $200,000 worth of gifts. Some large, some small. Everybody wins, as they say. That was was what the the group responsible for putting together the, uh, the contents of this year's Oscar bags promised. And they did not disappoint. Um, you might agree with all of this. Uh, the, the nominees, uh, every nominee uh, for an Academy Award walks away with one of these goodie bags. So whether or not they win the award or not, they still win. This year, as I said, it's worth $200,000. Um, they, I love this, this is in quotes. The, the bag is aimed to be a, quote, blend of fabulous, fun, and functional items meant to thrill and pamper those who may have everything that money can buy, but still savor the simple joy of a gift. The simple joy of a gift. That underlined there. Uh, in this year's Oscar uh, bag, uh, this year's Oscar gift bag, uh, they get two trips. Uh, one is a $55,000 trip to Israel, which I would love uh, to have that one. They also get a $54,000 trip to Japan, uh, a one-year supply of Audi A4 rentals, which I thought was kind of strange. Wouldn't you just, like, give them the car? Uh, the one-year uh, supply of Audi A4 rentals is worth $45,000. Why don't they just get the car? Is it is an A4 cost more than $45,000? I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it does. Um, I haven't kept up with inflation on that one. They also get a $6,300 donation of pet food to an animal shelter. So I like that. That's, that's, that's a good one there. Uh, the bag is also said to contain some more, shall we say, slightly more risque items. Uh, risque items such as a $250 wearable sex toy designed to provide Hollywood couples a more pleasurable sexual experience. The Female vibrator was described as a device that not only provided stimulating vibes, but also gentle suction. <coughs> that, that made my headphones fall off. <laughs> Another unusual item. This is a great one. A vampire breast lift. I don't think you need to be a vampire with breasts to get it. I think it's, that's the title of it. The vampire breast lift is valued at $1,900. And according to the Vampire Breast Lift website, oh, come on. Who hasn't been to that website a hundred times a day, right? The procedure uses your own blood to rejuvenate the breasts. Wow, I'll take three. 
or maybe just two. Uh, the result, of course, is a younger appearing uh, skin and increased volume of fatty tissue. That is what the vampire breast lift promises. And it's all part of the big goodie bag that the, um, all of the nominees at the 88th Academy Awards will get. <laughs> they take place on February 28th this year. I wonder if they'll have that on. The, they should get the stars to comment on the contents of their gift bag. Maybe even show a few things. I doubt that will happen. <clears throat> we'll have more of the Jeff Fisher radio program coming up here in just a minute on the Blaze Radio Network. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. And Brad Steggs in for uh, Jeffy this morning. And thank you, Doc Thompson. Uh, the Doc Thompson Show just tweeted, please follow at the Blaze Brad. He's in for Jeffy MRA, and he's a good man. Well, they were half right. I try. I really do. Um, and a huge, huge X-Files fan, so I'm going to blather on a little bit more about them because uh, this, as if you have not been watching, they are in the middle of a, um, a six-episode quote-unquote, special event of the X-Files. If you've been hiding under a rock somewhere, um, that's news. Um, otherwise, you are as excited as I am uh, that they have uh, brought the series back, if even for a limited run. And I think it's going to turn into something bigger than that. I think that we'll probably see more seasons of it. Probably not 20-episode seasons, but uh, because, let's face it, they are, uh, they're not getting any younger. And you do have to suspend your, your disbelief just a smidge on it, but I think they're doing a fabulous store, a uh, fabulous job on, on, uh, on recreating the old magic. Um, so some of the um, some uh, interesting factoids about the uh, about the series. If you go back to their their badges, apparently it is illegal, even if you're making it as a TV prop, to have a badge uh, display um, Federal Bureau of Investigation. So instead, it says Department of Investigation on their badges. If you look very closely uh, during the opening monologue or the opening uh, uh, credits there. William B. Davis, the uh, cigarette-smoking man, was originally Lucy Lawless' acting coach. She was, of course, right after I think the show kind of jumped the shark in the first, you know, nine seasons when they get into the super soldiers and all that, but he was her acting coach um, prior to all of this. Uh, another interesting factoid, Gillian Anderson was supposed to play uh, Clarice Starling, she was in the running for Clarice Starling uh, in uh, the Hannibal uh, movie, Silence of the Lambs. But they didn't want her to do it. So they actually put it in her contract that she couldn't do it. Uh, plenty of uh, other trivia facts and figures on the X-Files can be found online. You will find Jeffy and the guys tomorrow here uh, on The Blaze, as a matter of fact, at the Super Bowl breakfast. Make sure you watch it noon Eastern on The Blaze. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. On the Jeff Fisher Radio Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Love you, mean it. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.